0: Welcome to Real Estate Agent Superstars. I'm your host, RJ Baxter with Intercap Lending, and I have the awesome and always entertaining Penny Crook of Canyon Title. And Penny is going to join us today to talk a little bit about the market, but we're really going to talk in depth about the new NAR ruling with some of the changes coming to how compensation is working for real estate agents. So, really appreciate you joining me today. Thanks for being here, Penny.
1: So oh, thank you, RJ, for the opportunity. I love always chatting with you and sharing some of my um, title nerdiness with your listeners. <laughs> so thank you again for having me.
0: Love it, love it. Well, I'd like to start off. You, you have some um, some statistics for us, but before we get into that, what I'd like to just ask a general question: What is your current assessment of the real estate market? <laughs>
1: you want the shiny bright stuff or you want the way that everybody's not talking about it. So you know what? There's opportunity yeah. everywhere. Wherever you go, there is opportunity. How's the market right now? It's horrible. It sucks, but you know what? <laughs> we are, we are staying focused on moving forward. Um, yep. Every, every year there is something that's going on. Um, we're at one of those points in a 10 year cycle that this happens. So if you've been in this, Mm -hmm. if you've been in the business for more than a half a minute, this doesn't scare you because we've been here before. It just feels different. And so you still get up, you still show up, you get up, you dress up, you show up, and then you still keep making your connections and, um, -hmm. keep, stay out there. Don't, don't hide from this market. Don't hide because it's a little bit challenging. You still need to do the right steps as far as marketing yourself and making sure that people know who you are and what you do. So yep. I think right now, as far as how does the market feel, there's it's full of opportunity and that's how it feels.
0: Yeah, and I agree. I mean, I've talked to agents. I just had one on the other day who mm-hmm. it's his best year ever. So wow, I think. Yeah, which is impressive. There's not very many people that could say that right now. But, I mean, mm-hmm. it is just about going out and getting that business because it's out there. I,
1: I bet you if you asked him what he did through that, we'll call it the COVID boom, if he, he's going to tell you he was still marketing, he was still putting himself mm-hmm. out there, and he was still trying to be of value to the people he wanted to serve. And he didn't yep. stop because he got busy. He stayed on top of it. I bet you anything that was his secret sauce. Because a lot of, you know, a lot of people got busy and they took their eye off the ball as far as prospecting. And when they did that, now they're scrambling to find where their next deal's coming from.
0: Mm -hmm. Unfortunately. Absolutely. I'll just be, you know, vulnerable and share that I did. I mean, it was Mm -hmm. a refi boom for lenders and Mm -hmm. you woke up in the morning and see how many more transactions you had coming in. Right. Like it was just, it was just nuts. And I did a little bit of it, but if I want to be honest with myself, I wasn't focused on that. Those, you know, those basic things you need to do. So, mm-hmm. um, it was a rough transition about a year ago when things when rates started to go up.
1: It was it was challenging. We've got we've got some people on our team, and God love them. They worked with a lot of lenders, and business was good. And yep. I think for people in in my position with title, and your position with lending you still have to really maintain our realtor relationships. And so Mm -hmm. what can we do as partners in this business? How can we help add value to our clients who is the realtor community?
0: Yep, totally. So that, I mean, that's Mm -hmm. a great segue into sharing some of these stats that you have for us. Because, you know, I'm curious about it, what's happening. I mean, rates are higher than ever. It's the highest we've seen in 25 years. I mean, higher than even a month ago. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, people are feeling it. It's, you know, there's people that I've had that were qualified a month ago that are just on the edge now or maybe not qualified because rates have gone up even more.
1: Mm-hmm. I, so what do you I see happening?
0: You. Yeah. So
1: right now, the the median closed price dropped a little bit from a month ago. So right now mm-hmm. you're looking at $582,000 here in this metro area, metro Denver area. Um, the closed homes, the number of closed homes, they're down. And it's probably Mm. because there's less inventory. Um, Well, let me say this. The inventory is up, but uh, financing is not as favorable as it was.
0: Mm. And
1: so Mm. the number of closed homes is down. Um, The months of inventory, look, we're still less than two months of inventory. So that's not a lot of listings. And I think a lot of that hesitation for sellers to come into the market right now is because they don't know where they're going to go. They don't have to move. If I don't have to move, I'm not going to lose my 4% interest to, you know, upsize just a little bit. Or if I'm going to downsize Mm. and still pay mortgage for my mortgage on a smaller house, they're just not motivated to do that today. Um, Right. The purchase price, the volume was down 2%, which, I mean, let's, let's look at it there for people who can afford the higher, the higher, you know, priced homes. Do they want to, if they don't have to, they don't, they Mm -hmm. don't, I mean, it's, it's now an option for them. Um, The days on the MLS. So that's increased. I mean, it went up 11 days. Mm -hmm. So Mm
0: -hmm.
1: when, when you were with us here,
0: it went up up by 11 days or two eleven days.
1: It looks like it's two eleven days. So if it went up to 22%, I mean, so we were in single digit days of being active on the MLS. So, mm-hmm. I think it's important, and agents who are listening to you right now—they're talking about as long as it's priced right, it'll still move. Mm-hmm. It's, it's if they can, you know, show show value for this home, it'll it will still move. It may take just an extra second. Um, I don't know about you, but like on our side, on the title side, I, it, used, it was it was kind of our funny Monday. It's like, hey, it's earnest money Monday? Come on, let's let's see all the people who's buying a house this month, right? And mm-hmm. so now it's kind of changed to Tuesdays and Wednesdays now. So that hurry up and urgency of getting your contract accepted, you know, before the weekend is over, it's changed. Now, mm-hmm. you know, buyers are taking an extra second to go and look at the house again. They're taking an extra second with their l- lenders and saying, okay, let's run these numbers again before I go under contract. So it's not that urgent rush that we used to see. Do you see Mm -hmm. that on your side too?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Except for for the right house, like you mentioned. I mean, houses Mm -hmm. that are priced right that are good, solid houses, they're they're still going off the shelf fast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: So the number of active listings, it has increased 8%. So you're looking at 6,800 and some change for just listings. How many new on the market?
0: Sorry to interrupt, but these are all month over month numbers. This is month over month. Because that's a huge increase, 8.8% in one month. Um, Mm -hmm. This is from August to September.
1: Mm -hmm. This is data that comes from um, Denver Metro Association of Realtors.
0: So it's the
1: report that DMAR puts out each month. And then so this is the Mm -hmm. numbers for September over August numbers.
0: Okay. So how much of this is seasonal as opposed to just what the market's doing, would you say?
1: You know, that's a good question because it seemed to be that August – things seem to slow down a little bit because families that are moving with children, they want to get their kids situated into schools. And so Mm -hmm. you had that big rush in, in summer. And then once, you know, Hey, school's back in. So let's slow it back down. So I think September, October numbers should be a little bit better. And then I think we'll slow back down for the holidays. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's Thanksgiving. Nobody's moving at Thanksgiving. I mean, nobody that, doesn't need to move is moving at Thanksgiving and especially at Christmas. Right. I mean, as a homeowner, yep. I want to get, I want to get my house decorated for Christmas and do not talk to me until I take it down right. sometime <laughs> in January. I'm not changing my house. I'm surely not going to you yeah. know list it for sale. You know, does it yep. happen? Sure it does, but it's because there's a reason not necessarily because I I'm, I'm making this choice today because mm-hmm. I don't have anything else to do.
0: Right, right. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah, and, and I mean, it's a concerning trend, but we'll see if these numbers continue to increase like like this. Because I think active listings at the low point were in the four thousands. In The 4,000s. Yeah. Now, now we're sixty eight hundred. Mm-hmm. What's considered a normal market for a
1: good balance market? Of, RJ is eighteen thousand. Is eighteen thousand wow. listings?
0: So, so we have a long ways to go still, we gotta, but if. But on the other hand, if there was 18,000 listings right now, we'd have a problem because there's not the buyers.
1: (laughs) Well, mm, I think there's a good number of buyers. I think you still got the the millennial generation who kind of stopped looking because they started looking at COVID and then they decided I'm not going to look anymore because I can't find a place. Well, you got stopped because of COVID. You got stopped because it's easier to live in my mama's basement. I don't know if we're still mm-hmm. seeing that as much now. Um, but fast forward that three years, not only that group of individuals who are looking to buy, they're ready to buy. They're now in their upper 30s. Now you've got those younger ones, the Gen Ys and the Gen Zers. They're now getting mm-hmm. out of college. They're ready for their starter homes. And to find a starter home is really, really challenging right now because, you know, builders, are they building starter homes? I mean, you can still find, you know, nice priced homes, but it's not in your metro. It's not your metro Denver. Um, we work with, yeah. the, with a builder who's up in Greeley and they build very affordable homes. But if you're mm-hmm. 29, 30 years old, I want to be where the action is. I want to be, you know, somewhere close to a metropolitan. Um, yeah. But, I mean, their, their business is still booming. But it's just the mindset of the people who are buying homes today. And the challenges that they are seeing is that it costs a lot of money to build a house. You know, um, mm-hmm. just new communities and water tabs and construction mm-hmm. and appliances and the and, and 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 and. And I think the the HDTVs, you know, of of our society right now we've changed the mindset of what a starter home actually is I need granite I need a five-piece en suite and my master I need and I need and I need and yeah. so I know when I bought my first house that was not that wasn't a need I needed for me I just needed a fenced-in yard from a dog
0: Right, <laughs> and a roof that didn't leak,
1: and a roof that <laughs> didn't leak. <laughs> and you know what? I'll I'll change the paint. It's okay. But you know, it. Yeah. I think it sets a different um, expectation for people that are getting started today, where mm-hmm. they what they start out with is different than what you know, kind of what we did. But you know what? If they can do it, more power to them. I you know I, I applaud them for doing it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Well, and I don't want to dwell too much on numbers. I really want to get into this NAR thing. But um, one thing I heard is that on builder inventory, it's more inventory actually than what is on the MLS. Because what they do is they'll put one home that's the particular model or floor plan, Mm -hmm. but there's really whatever number, seven or eight available in the community.
1: There may be. I, I drove through a new community this weekend and Although I do see every now and then a listing pop up on Zillow for you know this community um there's it's still just dirt they haven't really broken ground yet on the mm. build, and there was I would say eighty percent of them were already sold, which really surprised me it really yeah. really surprised me,
0: hmm okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's a positive sign. There's a lot of—I mean, I think we can take a lot of positives uh, from this because of mm-hmm. the fact that homes are still moving. The, I mean, prices seem to be relatively stable. I mean, I mean, I know your stats showed down a little bit, but mm-hmm. I think overall we're doing okay.
1: I—I I think so too. I mean, like I said, it's full of opportunity this market right now, and yep. the—you know—you find the house. It's—it's it's location, it's yard, it's—you know, it's. um there are things about a home that you have to have. And you know, it's a it's a cliche. I know it is. It's you marry the home and you date the rate. I think you mm-hmm. may have even taught me that. That, you know, get in your house right now. And I think getting into a house, do it now as a buyer, because there is seller concessions. There, you know, there's the buy downs. Yeah. There, there's so many opportunities for someone when they're buying a house today. And that as soon as rates come down just a little bit, and it it will, we just don't know when, but it will. And mm-hmm. then sellers will look at moving again, and then buyers who've been sitting on the sidelines this time they'll be they'll be back in force. So you know what's going to yep. happen? We're going to be over ask price, and then I'm going to start waving inspections again. And you know that's, that's a whole right. other segment as if that's smart or not. So. Yep. I think totally it's I, yep I agree down and, and and hold hold on because you know brighter days are going to be coming ahead of us especially you know in this market
0: yep totally well let's talk about this nar ruling um it's definitely stirring up the industry so many people are talking about it bring us up to speed about where this is <laughs> and what's what's happening in, well, in case it, someone in case someone's case been living under a rock heard. and hasn't heard about it in
1: case you haven't heard there's there's a lot of chat there's a lot of chatter about it and it seems like every day there is an update on it so um, I'll give you a little background about what happened there were if you've sold a house you agreed to a certain amount of commission and mm. then you know that's what the seller pays well Portion of that commission, as we all know, goes to, towards the um, the co-op brokerage, right? Mm-hmm. And a couple sellers got together and decided, well, I didn't get, I didn't want to pay the buyer's agent. Why did I have to pay the buyer's agent? So they went around and started suing everybody. There's big monster class action lawsuit. I think I think actually there's two. Um, neither here nor there, but a lot of the big name brokerages got named. Now there's been quite a few who have settled. Mm-hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think there's still some that are not. And so the um, National Association of Realtors, their rules guidelines, they had interpreted the their rules to say the listing agent had to offer a co-op commission to the buyer's agent. Okay. they had to. Now they have, and the, the technical term is, and I love this, they have reinterpreted their rules that zero is offering, that, that, that's, a, that's an offer. I can offer you $1, I can offer you nothing, but I still made the offer. So okay. as, as agents know, when you're putting an MLS, there's, you know, here's, here's the co-opting agent commission amount. You'll see mm-hmm. it on, you'll see it on the Zillow's. You'll see it on the red fence, all of the, the public sites of MLS. It's there mm-hmm. in, it's there in the realtor owned MLSs that um, only realtors have access to, but now the consumer can see it too. Um, so fast forward a couple of weeks ago they have agreed that, all right, zero is an acceptable offer. $1 is an acceptable offer and so now we're looking at there's going to be a kind of a paradigm shift in in our industry who's going to pay the buyer's broker who who is going to pay that now um so as a as a listing agent and you're having this conversation with your with your buyer or your seller excuse me before you list their property and there's going to be a lot more transparency. This is, this is what you pay me. This is what my value is to get your house sold. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And this is the amount. Now I think they're going to possibly put in the listing agreement, executive exclusive right to list agreement with the seller. It's like, okay, now how much would you like to offer the buyer's agent? Because that is Mm -hmm. now your choice. Now, how does the seller want to get his house sold? I'd still stay with, you know, whatever that percentage is that's, you know, customary for your area. And if they turn around and say, well, I don't want to pay them. I mean, that's their prerogative, but I think the question comes, how many agents are going to bring buyers to, you know, to see your house now, Mm -hmm. will they, I'm sure they will. But then now as a buyer's agent, There's there's other conversations that you need to have with your with your client. This Mm -hmm. is this is what I charge to to help you buy a house. Um, Typically, the seller pays for that. And if for some reason you we you end up buying a house where the seller is not offering that, then it's now your responsibility to pay this. So that's a conversation to be had yeah. with, with your buyers before you get them in the car. I mean, I, I, I love this. I was with the, one of my one of my real estate teams and it was their team meeting recently. And so this was their entire mm. meeting and the conversation came to the manager broker is like, okay, everybody in this room, how many of you have put a buyer in your car before you had your agency agreement signed? And everybody's mm. like, I've done it. Yeah, I've done it. Yeah. And it's like, well, going forward, are you going to spend that time with them if you if you're not going to get paid? I don't Mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. So as a buyer's agent, being prepared to have that conversation with your buyers on the front end and the. Have, have a list of what's the value that you bring as their agent to the transaction. I am representing you. You are my focus. You're the one who, who I represent. Um, I'm going to help you with contract negotiations. I'm going to help you with inspection negotiations. There's so many things that a buyer does and or the buyer's agent does uh-huh. that is going to save, save that buyer um, time, resources, and dollars. Right there. So having that conversation with your with your client ahead of time just eliminates this, oh, I thought the seller was going to pay that. Well, the seller didn't offer it. Mm-hmm. And then, then you have the conversations like, I want to see these homes, right? Well, hey, I'm happy to show them to you, but just so you are aware, the seller's not offering to pay the co-op compensation on that. That would be your responsibility. So right. is that going to is that going to deter a buyer from looking at your house? I don't know. I mean, I think yeah. there's still a lot of question marks out there. And then there's so many resources out there for buyers. All of the public MLS websites. Well, they're not public MLS websites. They're marketing websites. To get engagement from consumers, it's your Zillow's, it's your Redfin's, mm-hmm. it's your realtor.com, mm-hmm. right? And so as a buyer, I can go find my property. I can call the listing agent and say, hey, would you represent me? So now you've got some ethical questions of, "I have I have an exclusive listing agreement with my seller. That mm-hmm. is my, you know, that's my client. Now, if the buyer comes to me and says, can you represent me too? Now they're a customer. And there's, there's less things that, what was the word? I'm going to try to find this again. Um, <laughs> I love this. So b- buyers yeah. who are treated as a customer, they're only owed a fair dealing instead of, you know, full representation. It's a fair dealing. I saw that well, comment on the um, Colorado Association of Realtors, and I thought that was genius. So as a buyer, do I want someone representing me or not?
0: Well, we were talking about this off camera, but fair dealing does not mean dual agency, right? I don't
1: think so. Believe so. I, don't, I don't know. And that's something for, we should
0: just. As far as go you ahead. understand, at least.
1: I don't think so. No. I mean, can you represent both? I mean, as exclusivity? No, because that just kind of negates the whole, the whole piece of it. Um, now the buyer becomes a customer for you. Does the brokerage, I mean, that's something that agents really should talk to their, their managing brokers about, you know, do you allow dual agency? Can I represent both? And then it turns into, if there's a problem, which one do you like best? Who are you going to fight harder for?
0: Well, that that dual agency though, like I'm not a realtor. Um, You're not, I mean, from my understanding on a, I don't even know if I'm using the right term, if it's actually called dual agency, but, (laughs) but when an agent's representing both sides. Aren't they supposed to be neutral, technically?
1: I think they should be. I think so.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So this might be something that's a little bit different. It's not even really a dual agency. It's They're still representing the seller. Mm-hmm. The buyer is not paying anything, so they're just kind of mm-hmm. representing themselves, basically. They,
1: they literally are. I mean, think about how they, they don't know what an agent knows, right? They don't mm-hmm. know how to negotiate. They don't know how to keep, ha- how to really fill out a, con- a contract because, you know, it's the buy side that always submits a contract to the listing to mm-hmm. say, hey, will you accept my contract? Um, did they fill it out completely? And if they didn't, is, is the listing agent going to come back and say, hey, you might want to mark this box or, you know, here's the implication if you, if you select the box. I don't want to say wrong. But do you understand what this means when you chose this instead of that? Right.
0: Like, ooh, cool! They said that the the seller is not paying the owner's title insurance. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know. Oh, we're, so,
1: yeah, we're not going to prorate taxes.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah, just Who, a couple examples.
1: We're going to let the buyer pay all of those HOA fees because they're so inexpensive.
0: Right. There's, <laughs> yeah. There's
1: so. There's so much there.
0: Oh yeah. So, Nothing to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's so many layers of potential problems here. Um, I think there is. And I've, I've got a million questions going through my head. I, you said off camera also that they, this new change that we're talking about in the States, they've been doing this this way in Europe for a long time in a lot of countries. So it's,
1: it's, it's very common in Europe. I actually found out that one of the agents that was in this team meeting, she's from, I think she's from France. And she said it's very common in Europe for the buyer to pay their broker, the seller pays their broker, and then that's just the way it is. It's just split like that. There are some countries in Europe, too, that the buyer pays both sides of it. So they're going to pay the listing and the buyer's agent comp.
0: Interesting. Is Is
1: that making its way here to the United States? I don't know. I tell you what I would love to see make its way to the United States is the entire month of August being a vacation month. So <laughs> right. I think they have great ideas. I you know, will it yeah. fly here? I don't know. it's It's just a question that we'll have to see. We'll have to see,
0: yeah. well, and then you know the going back a, a few minutes to when you commented, you know, our buyer's agents, if the buyer is represented, <laughs> are they going to show homes that have a zero buyer commission listed? Mm-hmm. You know, and, I, and that has a whole layer of potential problems. I mean, from a listing agent's perspective, do you, is that a smart thing to do? And then is it ethical for the buyer's agent to exclude homes that aren't, don't have a commission? You know what I mean?
1: I so, I can't, I don't I can't comment on, is it ethical? But, you know, I, I try to always yeah. put myself in the position as the consumer. And mm-hmm. if, if I'm listing my house, I mean, everybody, everybody wants to walk away. All sellers want to walk away with as much money as possible.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: if they did, I mean, look, the market, the market's shifted. It's mm-hmm. different than it was three years ago. And if I bought in 2020 and then I had buyer's remorse because I bought it without seeing it or I bought it without an inspection and I did my, you know, that appraisal, appraisal guarantee, mm-hmm. I may have buyer's remorse today. And because I paid an extra fifty thousand dollars for my home, and now because the market shifted and things aren't selling for as high as they did three years ago, two years ago, yeah, you might be right at that break-even point, and every little dollar counts for the seller to wherever mm-hmm. they're moving to, or they need that money, and so it's gonna be it's gonna be depending on where you, where your seller is mentally on how fast do I want to get it sold, how bad do I want to get it sold. And if I'm not going to sure. offer that co-op and compensation, am I willing to let it sit here for a little bit longer? Because potentially some some agents won't. Not, I mean, agents, just like title mm-hmm. and just like lenders, we all have different varying views on things. And, you know, should they? I don't know. Can they? Probably so. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be... To to represent my client to the best ability. So if I'm I'm a buyer's agent and I know that my buyer does not have additional funds to pay my compensation, they may not want to see a listing that offers nothing to the buy side. But instead of the agent, you know, making that decision for them, they need to have a conversation. That's part Mm -hmm. of representing your client to the best of your ability. Disclaimer, I'm not a realtor. I play one on TV, but
0: you
1: know, know, like I said, I I try to look at things through the eyes of a consumer and you know, I don't want to say it's common sense, but you know, it's we, we need to look at things on how it affects the people that we represent.
0: Right. Well, and there's so many implications to this. I'm thinking about just from my seat from the lending side. How do buyers pay for this, especially buyers that are strapped to even get their down payment? So there's a lot of talk on our end as to how this will be handled. If it'll be allowed to be financed into the loan or mm-hmm. some other type of way to help buyers to do this. Because, you know, a lot of buyers, it's all they can mm-hmm. handle just to get the down payment. A lot of Chaffa buyers, What how's Chaffa going to look at it? Um, it it's going to be really interesting, to say the least. I think,
1: so, I, I think it's going to be, it's something, it's a conversation to be had now on the, on the lending side and can, mm-hmm. you know, can you roll that into your loan is, is, you know, it's like when you get an FHA loan and you roll in your FHA, your upfront premium, can you, you know, can you do that now? Um, I mean, I, I know you came with FHA loans, it's rolled in, it's like VA. Mm-hmm. Your funding Mm -hmm. fee is rolled in. Can is there an opportunity for rolling in buyers, you know, buyers compensation for Mm -hmm. you know into their loan? Um I am I can't imagine that somebody's not talking about it yet. There's been so much chatter, there's been so much chatter that I think somebody somewhere is talking about it. But I was Mm -hmm. just looking through um, I love Housing Wire. I get a lot of my information from there. And The things that caught one of the things that caught my attention this morning was what the White House is doing to make homes more affordable or for opening up more um, opportunity for homeownership. And I'm like, what does that mean? You know, <laughs> what what can be done today to open you know, open right. up the the floodgates for homeownership? And none. Well, none of the stuff that I read today mentioned this this uh, topic of compensation.
0: No kidding. Wow. What kinds of things were they saying on that?
1: i have lost your audio.
0: Did they have ideas on how to make housing work for ideas on how to make housing work for it?
1: Well, there was, there was several things. Let me go find this real quick for you funny my google box came right up to it um oh here's what i thought was really really smart and i'll share this with you so hud and fha has a new policy designed to allow homeowners to use a proportion of actual or prospective rental income when they're buying a house for um, Mm -hmm. from adus or um yeah, for ADUs added to the borrower's effective income for purposes of qualifying for an FHA loan. Have you seen mm-hmm. this yet? Because this was hot off the press today. I
0: have not, I have not seen, seen that. that. That's, That's interesting. interesting. Mm-hmm. So um, it says the
1: new policies will allow home buyers to obtain access to affordable mortgage credit when seeking to purchase properties with ADUs um, or add an ADU to an existing structure or construct homes with ADUs. So think about this, put your put your lender hat on for me. RJ, I want, I want a loan, I'm gonna buy a house, I'm gonna add an ADU to it and here's what I think I can get for rental income. Now I haven't built it yet, I don't have a tenant yet, but I would like for you to add an additional $1,500 a month for me to qualify for this loan. What does that look like on the lending side?
0: So, so, from a lending, from a lending perspective, perspective, I could see where, I mean, obviously, obviously adding more income helps, helps open up more more that the home buyer can qualify for. for. But, but my question would be, especially on one that, one that doesn't exist already, you know, know underwriters, underwriters like certainty. certainty. Mm-hmm. So, I, so I think, think that probably that scenario would have to be for a, um, like, a 203K, 203K type scenario where they're going to build it as part of the loan because they want to have that collateral in place.
1: Right. I I, think, I agree with you. I I agree with you. And then you so w- when you've got your ADUs, can you think about this? I have a property that's got a, a walkout basement and it's got its own separate entrance. So, entrance. So now can that can my short-term rental opportunity can that be considered an ADU? That's a, that's good,
0: a good question. Just we can't, can't use short-term rental, rental income, income, income as it is because we have to we have, have a history. Have the history. They, they want, want to see to the, see that. the Mm-hmm. fluctuations over mm-hmm. time, time. kind like of like self-employed like mm-hmm. higher and, and um the, the, I, wonder I wonder if they will also have post closing verifications, verifications to verify that they, they actually it out i That's don't know thing. so and then who's
1: who's the responsible party to go chase that down
0: right right mm-hmm. um yeah, very, very interesting. interesting i'm hearing, I'm hearing a, a, b- a echo, echo. Are, are you hearing you that, hearing?
1: that?
0: Just want to, Just make, want to sure make sure it's, it's on the recording, recording for, for the, the, the listeners. listeners. Maybe, Maybe since, since you have headphones on before? before,
1: I I did, and now I I lost my I lost my audio. I'll try it again.
0: Is it it's working, working now? now? That can be so distracting. Can you hear me? I can't hear you though.
1: Now, can you hear me?
0: I can hear you. Can That's you better. hear me now? Are we yeah, thank you.
1: Okay, sorry about that. I I was losing some audio there. Oh, no problem. But that was one of the, um, it's the new HUD and FHA policies to help bolster home ownership. Um, Interesting. USDA is doing one with um, with the Native American community development. Have you been listening? To, have you been hearing a chatter on this? No, no. Uh, let's see. What's that one about? about?
0: about?
1: Why did I just lose you again? Let's see here. So I've got, um, the Native American community development as a part of its efforts to increase access to homeownership for Native Americans on tribal lands. So Mm. that's a program. There's been a
0: program before on that. Um, I wonder if it's the same one.
1: It could be. I'm starting to hear more of it's money that comes from tribal, it's it's tribal money. Like I don't want to say tribal banks because I feel like I'm not I'm not explaining that right. But there are some, you know, putting the title hat back on, there's some title underwriters who won't insure those transactions. is because oh. the Oof. There is something in the lenders documents that says, um, if for some reason we go there, there has to be we go to court, we have there's a disagreement, there's a a argument over something and, you know, there's a claim, there's a title claim. Um, They do not want to go off the rules of the US courts, they want to go off um, tribal courts. And some of the underwriters says I, I can't insure that transaction if I can't ensure that any kind of litigation would go to a U.S. court. So interesting. Thankfully, yeah, thankfully with with Canyon Title we do have multiple underwriters. So we've got ones who will, and then we've got the ones who won't. So mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. you know for a transaction we're able to flip it over to a different underwriter, and you don't lose you know you, you don't lose time on your contract.
0: Okay. Okay. So what what about what what are, what are their implications from the title perspective on the NAR ruling? Is so there a reasonable to you?
1: For 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 title I'm cool with whatever you guys want to get paid. I'm cool for whatever the seller wants to pay. If the buyer wants to pay it, that's fine. Um, I think the for for title and escrow side of it is make sure that your your escrow officer knows Ahead of time, what that is and who's paying for it um, mm-hmm. it, is not necessarily a, a title function, but it is an escrow function. So I know none of us like surprises, unless it's my birthday. That's coming up in a <laughs> couple months. Well, I'll remind you. But the point is, if if title doesn't know that the buyer is paying for the buyer's agent and the CD goes back and forth, and here's your cash to close, and then it's like, oh, the seller's not paying for it now, the buyer's paying for it now the buyer's cash to close just pretty changed significantly and so you mm-hmm. know was that for the lending side was that disclosed on your on your um on your loan estimate now is there a cure now is the lender going to have to cure that because it wasn't disclosed properly up front mm. so it's going to be important for for both both title escrow and lending to know what that is so again there's no surprises that come out of it
0: that's a really good point.
1: Can you imagine that cure? Sure.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that reminds me of a question I meant to ask. So so mm-hmm. the, these changes, are they actually in effect right now or is there a date at which this no, change? No, I happened? think
1: they're they're in effect right now because if you take a little gander through RE Colorado into Matrix and and look and see what's the buyer comp, there's you're starting to oh. see zeros. You're starting to see one dollar. Go, no kidding. Go try, so definitely, go try. Mm-hmm. Definitely it's in a play. I don't today. have
0: access to that either. But mm-hmm. um man, I know it's scary then if people aren't keyed in on this. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: But I mean, I think, like I said, I think to to boil it down with, with our conversation today is just about opportunity. And I think this will help the outstanding agents rise to the top of their game because now I'm there's way more communication and i think the consumer who sees the value in understanding the process knowing what i'm going to go through setting mm. proper expectations now it's it's not the transaction that it is with with you know some I'm going to say some people, some brokerages, some, you know, that's, it's a transaction. And then I think with your, your long-standing agents who've been doing this the for 30, 40 years, you know, God bless them. Cause they've seen all of these cycles come through and, you know, this isn't going to scare them because clearly they've already shown the value to their clients of what they bring to the table when, you know, you work with them. And so I think that the, the good agents are going to get greater. And if you can't, yeah share with your client, this is the value that I bring to the table and to your transaction. And when you work with me, if I'm helping you buy a house, these are the things that I'm going to do for you. If you, if you can't articulate that to a consumer, they're probably going to go to Zillow and then find who the listing agent is and call them directly.
0: Right. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, there's been so many changes over the years. Those of us (laughs) that have been around a long time and- Mm -hmm. It seems like a lot of these big changes, there's so much uproar, I don't know if that's the right word, or a lot of chatter mm-hmm. about it, and people worried, and all these things mm-hmm. that could happen, and then it happens, and we all adapt and move on, and it's fine.
1: Right. Well, I mean, and so, I think we can adapt. It's, it's mm-hmm. going to be the new normal, and getting in front of it before, you know, this was this was the, the team meeting I went to. They were like, hey, if you're... If you're a listing agent, great. You're about to get more popular, but you need to have the, you need to figure out what you're going to do when the buyer does come directly to you. And it's, Mm -hmm. there's not an agent in there. So understand what your brokerage's, you know, opinion is on that. Talk to your, talk to your manager, you know, what happens if just being prepared for it. So you're not behind the eight ball because it's coming. And if you're a buyer's agent, understand your value. Because you you're very important to the transaction, mm-hmm. very important to the transaction. Absolutely,
0: Absolutely. I mean, there's like there's I'm a, thinking about
1: be a lot of earnest money on the line that I got to protect. I got to protect your money.
0: Totally. Well, and you know, going back to how buyers will pay for this if they end mm-hmm. up having to foot the mm-hmm. bill, my worry is underserved buyers or not underserved, but buyers that are on the edge of qualifying. Being mm-hmm. able to afford to have a an agent, yes, not having the representation that they need and that they deserve to make sure that they get a good deal, that they don't miss something through the process, get mm-hmm. you know get in trouble whether it's legally or have the contract filled out wrong, and they it costs them tens of thousands of dollars. You know those kinds of things. That's what worries me is mm-hmm. buyers who do see the value in having an agent, but they can't afford it. They can't buy a mm-hmm. house if they have an agent. Mm-hmm. So I hope that that doesn't come to fruition and we figure out a way to work past that part of it.
1: Mm-hmm. I, You know what? Every day in housing is going to throw something different at you. And mm-hmm. it makes me giggle when you, when you come across the ones that's like, well, I've been doing this this many years and I never. Well, you know what? It's because it <laughs> keeps changing. I never either. But you know what? Yeah. We're here. Let's adapt to it. Let's let's pivot and figure out how to get the deal closed. Because yep. realtors, lenders, title, you know, where I sit, none of us get paid if the deal doesn't close. So it's I think it's our job to work together as partners to make sure that, you know, we get we get the deal closed.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: got a happy seller, you got a happy buyer, and you know. Let, let's move on and, you know, continue and build on that relationship, because I think it's just I think it's so important. And and I think you'll agree with me as as a lender, you want to make sure the buyer's agent looks great yep. as you know, as listing. And, uh, you know, as the title company, I want to make sure that both of those agents look like rock stars to their clients, because, you know what, mm-hmm. it's all in the next referral. So if the customer has a good experience, if their client has a good experience, then they're going to refer their friends and their family and the person down the street. They're going, you know, it's all, it's all about reputation. And, you know, did you do a good job?
0: Yep. And I agree with you that it's going to up the level of service that buyers get. Mm I think Mm -hmm. that the great agents are going to rise to the top. They're going to provide even more value because they're going to have to, mm-hmm. and it'll hopefully be ultimately the best for the consumer. Mm-hmm.
1: I, th- I think, I think it will. I think it will.
0: Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on Penny. You're always oh, awesome and enjoy having you here.
1: Well, I appreciate the opportunity back again, our opportunity here. Um, yeah. Thank you. And, and thanks for your listeners for tuning in and, and, If you guys need anything at all on my side, um, it's my title girl, Penny. You can find me on socials
0: and there, there I am. That was my next question. How can people contact you? Because these guys Canyon has been awesome. I send my business to them and I just, just a little endorsement for them. They've been great. So enjoy. We appreciate you.
1: We appreciate you. You know what? I think, uh, I think it's, 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 it's nice to have fun and it's nice to, you know, not take yourself so seriously, but in business we always take business seriously. I mean, we're we're insuring the American dream. We're we're we are issuing yeah. insurance on to make sure that no one can come and take your American dream away. So, mm-hmm. um, our 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 goal is to make sure that you live a very long and happy life in your favorite spot.
0: Awesome, love that. Well, cool. Well, thanks again, Penny, and. For those of you listening out there, please subscribe to the show uh, so you can get every week's episode, and I so appreciate each and every one of you, and please consider leaving a review if you're so inclined, and um, have a great rest of your day, everybody. Thanks again.